Well, boys and girls, at that time, it's 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the East Coast of America on Tuesday night. And uh, we've got our fearless leaders, Aaron the Man, Scott Pilgrim Whittier, <laughs> and Richie Rich from three undisclosed locations, even the heart of three different countries in our bunkers, coming to you live tonight. Well, recorded live, but we're recording it right now anyway. So we're coming to you on uh, on tonight and uh, tonight's episode. And by the way, you think, oh, Vinny, you guys think of great titles. Well, I wish I could be the creative. Like all three of us are creative, but, but the Holy Spirit gives us the titles and it's pretty wild. Today's title is Wake Up and Smell the Coffee. And I'll talk about in a minute what that means. But I want to turn it over to Aaron the Man to get things rolling for housekeeping notes. Aaron the Man, go ahead. All right, everybody. Standinthegap.live is the website where you can see all the uh, articles and vlogs and all those other fun things. We're on Apple Podcasts and every other podcast platform. If you want to be a true Stand in the Gapper with us, please consider being a partner and uh, helping us out uh, with the Patreon. Um, please consider that. And also, if you're a business and would like to advertise on our platform, please reach out to me. And my email address is tech.man, M-A-N-N, at standinthegap.live. So please consider uh, advertising on our platform. Uh, the sooner you jump on board, the better it's going to be because we've got plans to hit certain traffic uh, levels. That if you, especially if you've got an online business in America, although we are, we're in many different countries, you can be in any country when you're on the internet, but online businesses would be great to advertise on our platform because of our reach. Just want to say that. So Scott, our resident priest, can you, can you hold it up in prayer, please? <laughs> I don't know if you like that title, but I kind of call you my resident priest. <laughs> I don't know. I no, feel like I'm, no, it's not priest, dude. It's bishop. The, the most, wait a minute. No, let me stop. The most anointed, highly uh, reverent, brilliant, exalted, and lofty one, Brigham, uh, uh, breast, breathy one, the Bishop Scott Whittier. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to the higher calling, uh, janitor lay person. You know, I think that's, that's really a higher calling, you know, <laughs> servant, <laughs> lay person, uh, janitor, whatever God wants. So whatever he's, whatever he says, you know, that's <laughs> Popa, Popa Scott, <laughs> Popa Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> it's the ring. One one Halloween. One Halloween. I actually dressed in a in a pulp outfit. I had the hat, a white robe, and the ring. And people that came into the party kissed my ring. <laughs> so I got this friend from the Netherlands. Okay. And we're gonna keep all this on. We're not editing this part out. This is great. Oh, no, don't, don't. Uh, this is gold. Um so so I have this friend in the Netherlands. Okay. And he came to Romania and on the plane, he changed clothes and had this bright purple bishop robe with the cap on 
yeah. and and walked through airport security. <laughs> and they treated him like royalty. <laughs> it's hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> I'm about to send you guys a picture of him, but uh no, went, went, went through airport security and everything. Wow. So you're saying it's worth you know, the investment to buy buy one of them. That's a Oh yeah. <laughs> so you have to you have to go through when when they hand you your passport, you have to be like, and bless you. Yeah. Bless you. <laughs> bless you. The power of Christ. The power of Christ. Yeah. The power of Christ compels you. The power of Christ compels you. Okay. Woo-hoo. This is gonna be a fun, fun, fun Dude. broadcast. Dude, you reminded me. Uh, years ago, I was trying to get jobs in Manhattan. So this is the way God works in my life. Only I, c- I could write a book just one year of my life. So I'm interviewing for this job at Acme Exterminate. Okay. It's a, so I'm like, I'm going to be selling Exterminate Circles, you know. And it turns out that I told a buddy of mine who was, and we were a business partner. We we're in a network marketing business. And I won't name the network marketing business, but we would work sales jobs in the city to get around people so that we could add names to our list for our network marketing company. That was the whole reason. I'm all the way in Connecticut taking a train into that. This guy lives all the way to Long Island, taking two trains to get into that just to have where we could fish in the pond for, for prospects. So anyway, I, I'm on the phone with him, and he's like, yeah, Richie, I'm all excited because I want to share my good news. I'm like, yeah, I'm on I'm, I'm the final step of a process, and, and they're telling me uh, it's between me and one other guy. And, and so my friend's like, well, hang on. I want to tell you about the company I'm interviewing. I said, really? What's the name of it? He goes, Acme Exterminating. <laughs> so, so watch this. I convinced you all, watch this. This is classic. Richie. Pre, no, this was post-Christ, but this was performance-based Christianity. Richie. I, I, I convinced the owner to hire us both without him knowing that we knew each other. Without him knowing we knew each other. Had knew, the guy had no clue. We knew each other, but I convinced him to fire us all. I'm only going to do one story because I don't want to talk up the whole time. But this is a so we're we're going up to an Upper East Side storage facility. So we have to like this is in our training program. So we're helping them fumigate this. So we're in our business suits. We got our overcoats on. It's December. So just picture two guys in overcoats, and we and we got gas masks in our pockets. So I look at my buddy before we get out of the subway. I said, hey, did you ever see the movie Taking a Pell in One, Two, Three? He goes, yeah, I have. I said, let's do it. He, he starts laughing. So we get out of the movie immediately, put the gas mask. Have you guys seen that movie Taking a Pell in One, Two, Three? Yeah. Oh, have you, have you, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, classic movie. They, they, they're they're, they're going to they're gonna take over the trade, basically, okay? That's what Taking a Pell... So anyway, we get in the train. We both put our put one hand in our underneath here, one hand in here in our jackets, and we gas fast on. We we plop down to the seats, and I look at him. He looks at me, dude. We cleared the whole car. The whole <laughs> car just cleared. We were laughing, tears streaming. I'm crying inside my gas mask. Is there? So. So Ag- Acme Exterminate. So w- which one was doing the things of TNT and which one was making the anvils? Uh, <laughs> that's great. That's, that's what you're using to exterminate, right? 
Yeah, no. <laughs> Lisa had the, and 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 your immediate supervisor was the coyote. Uh, uh, yes, and by the way, I saw that. I, that. Those guys were big. That was a big company. I mean, uh, that was world, worldwide. No, I I met the pig. I think this day. I made. I met the pig. Literally, I'm not saying he's a pig because of the other stuff, but I met the pig Harvey Weinstein. I actually got into Miramax's office, and it was not impressive. Trust me. Now, this was pre. This was when they were still on an independent label. This was back in or just coming out. You know what I'm saying? So this was, you know, the mid mid nineties. I think mid nineties, late nineties. So this was this was a long time ago in his career. But yeah, I I mean the best ads. I'll give you a clue. Those of you who love that ad, if you live at the best address, I'll tell you what you got. You got the largest rats in the city because they know the New York City rats are the smartest rats. They know where the best garbage. Dude, I, I'm I'm not kidding you. Some of these I won't mention the restaurants because I don't want to do that to them. But but these restaurants that have price fixed menus in the three four hundreds, they got major major rat problems. Have you guys ever seen a New York City rat? Yeah, yeah. It's like cats. I'll never forget the first one. I was in a Lebanese grocery store and I I had to go to the bathroom. It was downstairs. I come around the corner and I see this tail. I'm not a fellowship. I was like, what? Is that a cat? I look inside. I thought it was a cat. It was a rat. I mean, the rat box is like huge. <laughs> for our listeners that can't see what he did, the tail was a little over a foot long. Correct. Uh, correct. 18 inch tail. And it went around the corner of the door. I said, well, I'm, I, yeah, I'm not in Kansas anymore. You know what I'm saying? I'm <laughs> I am not for for our listeners. Richie pulled out a tape measure and said, "Excuse me, Mister Rat, can you stand still? I need to figure out exact measurements of your tail." Yeah. Oh, eighteen inches. Wow, you're a big guy. We got a special uh, big and tall shop right down the street for you. We'll fit you up in a nice tuxedo. Um, well, you're still right because it's a reflection of America because the rats in Manhattan are fat lazy and happy. See, but in America, and that's the reason why it's called wake up and smell the coffee, is they're fat and lazy and they think they're happy, but they're no longer happy. I guarantee you, if you really speak to anybody who's not in a solid, and I'll say that with an S-O-L-I-D capital relationship with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they're lying. Yeah. Either that or they're crazy. I don't put down crazy because I was crazy at one time. But well, let me correct you the quick. Either that or they have a mental illness where their mind blocks out negative. Because there's just so much net. Like, are they ostriches in America? Their heads are in the ground. Yep. I mean, Aaron, you said their heads are in their butt. I'll be nice to that. They're ostriches. Their heads are in the sand. So anyway, we're we're getting carried away. Let's have no. Three. I don't think we're getting carried. I don't think no. we're getting carried away because the thing is, is is it's wake up and smell the coffee. Now, I I don't know about you guys. I don't know about you listeners. Um, I'm filled with joy. Amen. Joy, 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 and it's not coffee that brings me joy. It's not energy drink that brings me joy. Um, I don't have a problem sleeping at night because the Lord, God brings me joy. He gives me the peace that goes beyond all understanding and the joy, unspeakable joy. 
That means I can't even describe it to you. Like the joy that we have in Jesus is is what we're we're talking about. And and if you don't have that, if you don't have that, wake up, wake up and smell the coffee. Wake up and and see what's going on. Wake up. So I don't think we're off subject. I think we're full of life. And 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 that's the thing is, is I think that's what we need on this show as well. And what people, what our audience really need to hear is that there is joy. The U.S. is is a very dark place right now, and people are worried about if their dollar is going to be worth anything in, in a month. If they're allowing things like that to steal their joy, the money doesn't bring you joy. Okay? It's a tool that can allow you to do things, but... God brings you joy and only, only if God gives you the joy. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're not a puppet, guys. Why do I? It doesn't, it doesn't bring you joy, but you got to admit the riding in the bends is different than a ride that you go. Okay. Uh, true. True. I share that. But it's, if God gives you the joy, the enemy can't take it away. Amen. That's right. Amen. You know, right. And if Amen. God gives you that bend, if God gives you that bend, he's okay with it, which means I'm okay with it, and the enemy can't take it. Just please pick us up when we're at the airport and uh, allow us to ride with you. Please. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, I currently have a Chevrolet Sonic that I'm very proud of. It's paid for cash. It's the first car I've had since I was, no, at 16, I had a car in debt. So this is the first, no, I have one other car paid off in full, a Mercedes-Benz, that I, I pulled all the money out of my bank account, didn't have one red set left. And so that this is the only second car in the history of my life that's paid for. So, and it's a Chevy Sonic, and I love it. And it's used. Okay, so, so go ahead, Scott. Go ahead, bro. Well, rats and dreams, I'm pretty sure represent lies. Uh, oh, rats it's it's lies and so when we're talking about rats another thing just i believe these are like signs just all of creation will begin to speak and so this is a this is kind of a funny one uh i live near a port city portland maine we were feeding the homeless under a bridge it was a couple weeks back and there's all these white across from the bridge is a, a a huge place where there's all these uh, shipping containers from China. So you have, I, I don't know how many shipping containers stacked up and I'm sitting there while I'm talking to these homeless people, all of a sudden I see all these white rats and they're, they're coming like up out of the ground, running around these white rats everywhere. I'm in Maine. I thought it was an ermine, you know, which is a weasel, you know, when they turn white in the wintertime, I said, right. I think I just ermine. They said, no, that's a rat. That's a, that's, <laughs> and so there, we have this whole long conversation. You have hundreds of lab rats from China running around under the bridge in Portland, Maine. What is that saying? Um, the Chinese rats are invading. That is a picture, you know, the, the lies, the, the, you know, the whole thing. And then you have, I, I was feeling bad, you know, it's like we have to start to pray for the, the, the wharf rats. I was hoping to see a wharf rat because the, the New York city rats up here are wharf rats. They're, they're the ones that are right by the water. They, yeah, they absolutely look like chihuahuas are bigger and they're nasty. Um, so there's that whole piece. But this is the funny part is I told these homeless people, like, what you'll have to do is, is you'll have to claim those rats as pets 
And then you'll probably be able to get housing because there's probably more protection and more care and concern for those rats than there is for them, you know, and we had a good laugh over it, but it's, that's something that's actually prophesying right now in our country, you know, like, uh, like all propaganda, all the lies, you know, all of it. Sad, but true. So two things. Number one, you should get a video of those lab rats because that's dangerous, as you know. And number two, uh, you know, just speak a little, Scott, because I want people to have the context of what you're talking about. They would take better care of animals. Tell them what the situation is in the city of Portland right now with the homeless. What are they doing to the homeless right now in Portland? So so as of 2020, I believe, or, you know, it was around the, the lockdown with COVID, the, the homeless shelter shut down. And you're talking about Portland is a place where you've had social services. So other states, like other cities would send the homeless here. So you had a, you, you just started to have this growing population. And then the other, the other thing is you had two mental facilities shut down. And so you have these people that can't even function in society and they're just out on the street one day. There's no concern whatsoever. It's just, and then when they, and then Portland is like, the, it has a, uh, kind of this agenda to become the San Francisco of the East and they're gentrifying the city. So they're, what they keep doing is they keep kicking the homeless out of whatever area, right. As they get settled down, they've just been perpetually getting kicked out of places. And, uh, we're here as the rats. They're, they're fine. You know, they they still have a place, you know, and, and it's, and actually people have a genuine concern about these, these animals that should be cared for, you know, like, and they're not, there's no concern for the, the these people over here. There's people dying, you know, obviously ODing. There's, there's people, you know, getting mur murdered. So they're just make, making it illegal to be homeless. Well, what do you, that's not fixing anything. That's just scattering people and, and yeah, they're, and, but they don't get arrested either. You know, it's like, a lot of the guys obviously would be like, yeah, three meals and place to stay would be nice, you know? Crazy. What does the term gentrify mean? They're upgrading everything. They're making it, the property values are going just through the roof and you're, and so you can't have a, you know, multi-million dollar house and someone passed out in your driveway, you know, you can't, um, oh, some okay. of the, so they're, they're making it, they're making it cleanse basically. They're cleansed. Yeah. So they got to, and then they got to find a place to get to drive everybody to that's, you know, out of the way. So they don't have, let's, let's ignore the problem. It's, it's literally the song another day of paradise. You know, they're trying to create their paradise is what gentrifying is. It's, uh, wow. wow. So anyway, that's a good tie in. I, I wanted, I said in the beginning, and now I'll give you the deaf, like I said, the Holy Spirit's the one who picks the titles. And we, we laughed about be, the title of this one is wake up and smell the coffee. The last time it was, you know, how devastating does it have to be to wake up? And so the Holy Spirit's proving he's got a sense of humor. So anyway, wake up and smell the coffee means become aware. The definition of it is become aware of the realities and the underlying realities of the situation, however unpleasant. Mm. You're right. So the reason why we're talking wake up again is you Americans... And, and you owe it to your friends. Some of you need to risk your relationships. Some of you, in my perception, because I was one of those, you, some of you, I included in some of you, was I could would compartmentalize. I'd be a yes man. My personality would match the person I was in conversation with because I was intimidated because I was afraid if I tell them what really what I think, I might lose them as a friend. And I needed friends because I didn't have a friend in Jesus. Oh, I did. He wanted to be my friend, but I didn't want him. Uh, 
Mm. So the thing is, is that a lot of people in America, because I'm I'm an American, I'm not I'm not there right now. I'm actually homeless. <laughs> that's a that's a story in itself. I am homeless, and so anyway, I'm a I'm a not only a horse with no name, I'm a man with no house. <laughs> so uh, the thing is, is that however unpleasant. So how is the typical? And I'm going to pose it to Aaron. Aaron, how do you think the typical American? Let's go for the macro to the micro. How do you think the typical churchgoer is compartmentalizing the unpleasant situation in their hometown? Oh, I think that the typical church member, uh, well, one typical church member only exists on Sundays. Amen. Um, And another thing is I don't think that they look at it. I think they they got their Sunday best on. They're heading to church. They have this image, image to to bring forth, and I don't think they're they're even looking at the homeless situation. It's sad because there's a chance that they could be in that boat. There was times that I was living out of my car, you know, going to a, you know a truck stop and sleeping there in the car and. So I know how that feels. And I pray that the traditional American churchgoer, I, I, I don't want them to go through that. But the thing is, once you do, then you, you have a, a bigger respect. Yeah. So this is the typical, and I know I'm going to be accused of judging people and I'm not. I'm going to be accused of stereotyping and bring it on. I love stereotyping because I'm going to stereotype. This is the typical churchgoer. They fall asleep Saturday night in front of the boob tube, and I call it a boob tube, because they got HBO on, or they got Netflix, which is satanic. Okay, I'm calling it like it is. Now, not all the shows are, but satanic Netflix. They got Amazon Prime, which is Luciferian. Okay, so you got that stuff going on, and they gladly put money in Lucifer's pocket. Gladly do it. And they they criticize people like myself for being off and drinking some kind of Kool-Aid. Well, we talked about how do you kill a frog? How do you cook a frog? You turn the heat up. So they turn those things off and then they skirt into the pew late and they sit there and they're bored as hell and that's not their fault. That's the the person behind the pulpit because it's a losing system. It's a losing organization. And you know where I was, what I was about to say, Scott, but I'll, I'll let you handle that part. The DD part, you could talk about DOD in a moment. I know you're about to. So, so you know, it's it's like, you know, they sit there and they're bored. They're thinking about the game that's going to be on Sunday night. They can't wait for this. They, they're praying that this, because I was there. And there has to be other people who I was doing, praying that the path wouldn't go too long because I wanted to make sure I caught the pre-show of the game. Well, yeah, let's not even mention the Super Bowl, the biggest human trafficking event of the year. Well-meaning believers love football, whatever, but it's it's like you don't realize you're contributing. Like you're sowing into something very, very evil. And it's um that's that you know, that's obviously people that God, you know, is is, is he gave us free will, he gave us choice. You could say that that's legalism, but it's also like it's holiness. I mean, yeah. 
what are your choices that you make? We, we can make choices that take us deeper with the Lord, or you can just have this surface thing. Um, the, the other thing with the, you were, as you were just talking about churchgoers is like, it's, it's just so disconnected from anything real. Wake up and smell the coffee. You know, I, I used to love going to all these prayer meetings with all these young kids are going to pray all night and they walk in with their Starbucks coffee. It's like, and they're praying against abortion. Why don't you stop drinking Starbucks? Like, why don't you stop <laughs> drinking the, the coffee that the you know, the company is one of the biggest supporters of abortion? And what it is, is, is we're really, we don't, you know, you got, well, you got to do your fact checking. You got to, well, yeah, you do have to do your fact checking now because of AI, like AI is going to cre- create a narrative and we all believe the narrative and we're the, now we're the frog in the pot and we don't even see it. And, and, but it's, it's like, we have to go back to, you know, not far, not long ago, there was some reality where we're not living in reality now. So yeah, the whole thing, I, I, for me, church, it's like, it's, it's a funny thing. I'm, I, you know, like people really go, I, you know, the last couple of years, ever since COVID, they, all, all the people, all the players, all the, the people that would talk in churches, their big talk was, it's, it's more important than ever to be part of a local church. Why, why the drive? Why, why such, why is everybody saying you, it's more important than ever, you know, don't forsake the assembling of the saints. Well, that's the assembling of the saints is where two or more are gathered. That's the ecclesia. Uh, I mean, honestly, you can have a lot more growth in God, you get growth in, in your relationship with Jesus. If you have believe friends that are believers that you talk to throughout the week that would sitting in a two hour service, listening to someone preach. And I mean, I could go into that, but it's, it's like you that whole push was really about money. And then it was about fear. They started watching their numbers drop. They start, they saw their own, like the, the, the money, the tithe money start dropping. So they're pushing this thing, which is really like an evil thing. Like you have to be committed. And, and, and now more than ever, the Lord's having me not be committed. I don't, I don't really go to church. I, I go to church every day with people, but I don't like going into a building. It is now becoming, and, and that's, I'm going to say this Adam probably gone all over the, all over the countryside with the question, which is there's just how that happens. I think sometimes, but is, uh, you want to pay attention when two churches in new England, new England's like the seedbed of our country, you know, so you have the, you know, what you're seeing in new England is, 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 is probably for America. And you had, uh, two churches that were connected to the first great awakening. One was second, uh, connected to both the first and second great awakening. One uh, over a little over a year ago got struck by lightning and burned to the ground, and then another one was just sitting there one day, no weakness in the building that they thought the steeple fell into the roof and then collapsed the whole entire building. So what? Uh, and then there was a, a statement that made that the the church was never meant to be a building where people gather. It's it's a gathering where people are meant to be scattered throughout the world to preach the gospel. It's it's like now more than ever, if we don't begin to do that, it's like then churches just start falling apart, you know and Anyway, does that answer the question or is that, is that in a whole different, <laughs> there's two different things. God didn't create church. Church is not to sit there and be entertained. It's to be equipped for ministry. It's to go out. It's like you should, when you're in a church building, like I've been there a couple of times where you go in and you can't wait to go outside before. I, I remember being in a worship service one time and a good friend of ours, Karen, I'm, I'm worshiping God. I'm, I'm caught up and she taps me on the shoulder. And it's like, hey, you want to not bother me right now? She goes, she looks right at me because there's people out there dying and go to hell. What are we doing in here? And I end up, I get to go out with her and, 
and, and to see her just divine appointment after divine appointment, lead a bunch of people to the Lord. And it's like, that's how it should be. It's, it really should be. We are in the building for so long, but we're just motivated because you can't disconnect the compartmentalization. It's like, we're just going to have our nice little fun little place. Now I get it a little bit now. Like I didn't have, I didn't have a son. I didn't have a family. So it's like, yeah, I'll die for my, I'll lay my life down today. No problem. When I have more and more things to live for, that becomes more and more of a sacrifice. And I also wanted more and more of a safe. I, I started to buy into the, hey, let's just be safe. Well, that isn't safe. That 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 thing of thinking that safety, that's totally a lie. It's not, it's not safety at all. You're you're literally just being lulled to sleep. It's also a false narrative that you're it's like, oh, all's well with us, and we have our, you know, shiny happy faces. You know, we're I'm gonna quote Marilyn Manson. You know, Marilyn Manson was like a believer up- now. Who's a better yeah. now? Well, he started out, he grew up in a Christian school and he was so picked on by all these Christians that that's where, how he, he ended up getting to where he was. And then one of the, at one point he said, parents in America, if you don't raise your kids, I'm going to warn you, I will. And, uh, and I mean, he was, the, what I would say is you mark that down, it were, but he had the, the song, the beautiful people, the beautiful people. It's like the, all the smiling faces behind the steeple. It's like, but they're not. But what he was saying is it's all beautiful on the outside, but it's dead men's bones. And and ask the question if Marilyn Manson and everybody was like, you know, throwing up their, their crucifix signs, you know, when they see him or they're like, you know, like, keep your children away. But what the truth of it is, his popularity, it's the same thing with Eminem or same thing with different people that had. And who's also, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, is a believer now. There was yes, truth. Yeah, there was truth. You know, you have and, and all these kids are in this generation. We're following or, you know, back along, we're following that because they were saying the truth. They were saying true things that it was, it was too painful for people to, to look at, you know, like, or even go back to, I mean, I'll never forget. I was, I was listening to music one time and, and, uh, you know, it was like a guilty pleasure. I thought, you know, I was listening to WCYY alternative radio. I wasn't listening to Christian music. And I turned to my wife and I said, wow, this, this is like a, this has a pulse on like the heartbeat of God right now. Every song was crying out to God. Every single song was a heart cry to God. And then all of a sudden they go, yeah, it's the 90s at nine. It was the whole thing in Seattle. You had the, the whole grunge mu- music thing was a bunch of people crying out. If you really listen to that music, they were crying out with all their heart. God, God, save us. God, help us. God, help. You know, and uh, we we just sit here and judge. You know, I mean, the funny thing, why? I heard that the nineties at nine and I turned to my wife and I said, and this is like not long ago, this is like maybe eight years ago or something like that. And, uh, what God shows me is I was one of the church people pointing my finger over here at the people that were crying out to God, you know, like that we need to change. We need to have our eyes open, you know, like not be a, don't be like shocked at sinners sin, hurting people medicate their pain. You know, like it's, it's, it's what, where is the solution there? And then what will it take? You know, what will it take before we, we recognize that it's like, this is on our watch. This is happening on our watch. This, the church is the, is God's government in the earth. This is, and so you, if you don't like politics, guess what? Like there's, there's kingdom politics. And I'm not talking about the politics in church where everybody's a, every pastor is a politician and I, and every person's like, they're running for office and that I'm talking about true, like the, the alignment with heaven. It's a, the- a theocracy is breaking into this realm. And that's, that's, that's a, 
You just beyond political. It's a it's a takeover. We're talking about a takeover and we're part of a takeover. People don't want to walk around and talk about apostle this and apostle that. That's a term. That was a term used by Romans to occupy land and places. They'd send an apostle from Rome to this place to, to occupy and to take it over. And that's really what God's saying to us. But how do we do it? We take it. We do it. It's it's a whole backwards thing. It's a backwards kingdom. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause it there. I we'll we'll see where we go from all that. So communicated, so many issues, but they're all related to the same issue. It's the fact that Jesus Christ never started out to start a religion. That's right. He started a movement. It was called the Way. When he left, it was called the Way. Because Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. The only way to heaven is believing in him. And so it was called the way. And the people that believed in the way, there were believers. And Satan tried to kill them. And every time one killed, four would pop up, or five would pop up, or six would pop up. So he got really pissed. And he said, what am I going to do? He, quote, unquote, converted Constantine, which wasn't true. And Constantine came in, which was a Roman ruler. And he he put in man between God and uh, the man and other woman. So he put he put that person on the pulpit, and now you had to listen to that person. So it's kind of like a mama bird. What does a mama bird do? She goes out, she uh, she eats the food digested, and spits it in the children's mouth. So you got a bunch of these uh, well-meaning believers sitting in the pews. And they come each week and they get digested food and they get fed by it. And then, of course, they're blessed because, you know, the whole thing, how you doing, brother? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Uh, yeah. Then why do you have, why do you have a rust hole the size of the Grand Canyon in your car? <laughs> how blessed and highly, yeah, I'm blessed and highly favored, brother. I'm the head, not the tail. Oh, Really? You just yelled at your wife to kick the cat across the room. And you're blessed and highly favored. And you're the head, not the tail. Really? Okay. So anyway, <laughs> you know, it's like, but here's the key. As long as I give him my 10%, I'm protected. The windows of heaven open for me. Malachi 310. The windows given of heaven open for me. Given to get. We're given to get. <laughs> right. That's, that's that. Don't, 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 don't. God is previewing a future show, by the way. He just let the cat out of the bag. Future show is called Give to Get with a question mark. Thanks, God. <laughs> so, so, you know, the whole thing is it's a broken system. And I want to back up because I did, I should have said this initially. So, pastors that are listening to this that really care for your flock, even the ones that I'm describing. You care, but you learn from a listening, a losing system. Jesus Christ loves you, and we really love you. You know how much we love you? Enough to tell you the truth. Think for yourself. Get out of your de denominational comfort zone. Go look up the, the early church. Go look up the history of what you claim to be doing, because you're doing it. So go look up the history, the Genesis. I'm always about the Genesis. How did it get created? That's why I looked up, you know, wake up and smell the coffee. I wanted to know the genesis. It's that old joke. You know, I'm sure you guys have heard this Thanksgiving. 
dinner and they're eating ham. And the young daughter said, you know, the young daughter's now going to have her own family and says to her mom, there's three generations of women sitting there. You, know, you got the mom, you got the grandmother and the great grandmother all at dinner together Thanksgiving. And she says, mom, you know, I want to prepare uh, Christmas. I want to prepare Christmas dinner. She goes, uh, why do I have to cut off the ham bowl? And so she looks and says, I don't know, ask your grandmother. So grandma, Nettie, why do you cut off the ham bowl? I don't know, ask Susie, great grandmother, why do you cut? Oh, because my pan wasn't large enough to fit the ham bowl. Huh. Wow. So why not think for yourself and why not question stuff? You people that are not pastors, don't think you're off the hook. God never called us to monologue. And, and that's what we've done with our churches. We have uh, one-way conversations where the preacher preaches. And, and, it, and some teachings are really good, but that's yeah. what it is, teachings. It's not conversation. And, and that's why we're seeing a lot of home churches that are starting, that are really blossoming because they're small enough where they can have uh, dialogue. They can, they can have communication back and forth. And I think that's very important. And we're not bashing churches. We're bashing churches without power. We're bashing churches that are, um, got their head in the ground, like we said before, and are not looking at the bigger picture, not growing, not going out on the streets, not sharing the gospel, not sharing the love of God, just being American consumers and just consume, 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 consume. Now, I'm sorry that this got taken so wrong. You remember the WWJD bracelets? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That that was a very good uh, principle. You ask yourself, hey, what would Jesus do in this circumstance? And then it became a fashion accessory for my Sunday best suits. And I put on my suit, put on my tie, throw my watch on my other hand and my WWJD bracelet on the other one and walk while I'm holding my Bible. Can I just say something real quick and I'll let you finish? I like the other bracelet, WW. DJD, what would Derek yeah, Jeter do? <laughs> That's the one I like. We can uh, take uh, the New Yorker out of New York, but never take the New York out of the New Yorker. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. <laughs> I didn't sidetrack you, and I just had to say that. So yeah. then there was the frog, bit, the frog bit bracelet, fully rely on God bracelet. <laughs> oh, I didn't, I didn't see that one. That's cool. Wow. Or what? Or what did Jesus do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What did Jesus do? <laughs> Most people don't know what he did because right. if they knew what he did, they'd be, they'd be, you know, they'd be operating in it. Yeah, because they know that he's the first of many. He was the first of many like-minded sons and daughters. <laughs> he said yeah. he was the first of many. You know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And when you look that up, only begotten means unique. So he was unique. We're all unique. We're all unique begotten sons and daughters. Go ahead, Aaron. I, I like the story of um, the... Um, the eunuch and Philip, 
was it Philip? Yeah. Yeah. And the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopian eunuch was reading scripture. And and Philip came up next to him and said, Do you know what you're you're reading? And the the eunuch said, How could I know unless I'm told? Mm. Wow. Wow. And the thing is, is is for the traditional churchgoers, they're going to church. They're hearing the word, but they're not going to where the people are. They're not going to the streets where the person is looking for the Lord or the drug addict is at rock bottom and is looking for help and looking for the Lord. And how can they they know what God wants for them if nobody's there to tell them? If nobody is getting out of their pulpits uh, or their pews and going outside of those doors to find these people that won't step into the church. Whoa. You know? Well, if, if we're motivated by love, there's no failure. That That's, what I believe, one of the things, you know, I've heard a lot of people say, well, I don't, you know, I used to feed the homeless. I don't anymore because they're just drug addicts and they just want to take, take, take. Well, I... I tend to believe that I, I've prayed with the same people that have been addicted to drugs for years and years and years, and I'm not discouraged. I'm not, I'm not looking for an outcome. I mean, I, I, there's a part of me that wants to see, you know, a, a massive move and outpouring and awakening, and that's all great, and I love that, but that's not what we're called to. We're called to faithfulness. We're called to, uh, this is unto the Lord. I'm not doing this for an outcome. It's just like, I'm not giving to get, I'm giving because he's given, like he's, he's poured in again, motivated by love. You can, you can't ever fail. It's just the overflow We're we're sitting there feeding these people and they're like, oh, you guys are just great. They're like, no, we're not. I said, the guy cooking burgers right there would have cut you. I would have taken all your drugs, helped you look for him. That guy over there, you know, like it's not, we're not here because we're good people. We're not here because we're nice. When I'm talking to people, it's like, I was not the least bit concerned about homeless people. I could have cared less about any of you, but Jesus touched my life. The love of God is, has changed me. I'm a new creation. That's my nature now. My nature is I can't be a stagnant pond. I have to be, there has to be an outlet. I have to, God pours in, I need to pour out. And what, what was great is thank you, church, by the way, and I am bashing probably most of the church at large because it's like this. Thank you, church, for uh, every time I had something burning in me to share or, you know, anything like that, you, you didn't open the door. So I had to go outside the four walls and I did that a long time ago. And I learned that that's where God wanted me in the first place. So thank you for being obedient and not giving me a microphone. Um, and then now I'm at a point where I don't even know what I'd do if I, if they asked me to share in the church, because it's like, I I'm, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to bring many of you out to the yeah, I've had people go, I've had church people go out and it's like, listen, this isn't a petting zoo. This is real life. Like, you know, I, I was talking to this guy one day, he's a, a drug dealer. He's one of the biggest drug dealers on the street. And we're having a conversation about God, you know, like go figure while he's selling bags of heroin. Okay, fine. And these Christians that were there on the outreach, take out their cameras and they're, and they're starting to video it. And I got nothing against some of this, but guess what? If you're, if you're videotaping footage, it's like, I believe you're exploiting people unless you've really asked them, is this okay with you? I turned to these people. I said, you're going to, you're going to erase whatever you just did because that guy, trust me, 
but he doesn't trust what you just did. You're 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 videoing him selling drugs. He's not. He doesn't want you doing that. And uh, and and so it's that's another whole thing of this is like, what's the motivation? You know, am I going to go out and like do the stuff? You know, th- th- paraphrase this one. Like like this is a good one to get out there. Paraphrase this one. Uh, many will say, Lord, Lord, we cast out demons in your name, healed the sick in your name. Uh, paraphrase it this way. Hey, Lord, we're doing this stuff. And he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. All right. I'm, I'm going to, I see a hand raised. So. <laughs> yeah. And, and what if those, those motives that people have, uh, I'm, I'm all for afterwards grabbing your phone saying, Hey, God really touched you. Do you want to share what God did in your life right now? I'm all for that. But the thing is, if your motives aren't right, your motives could draw somebody to hell. Yeah. That could be the one time, one time that this person might be able to hear the gospel. You don't know. You don't know. They they might, their their next hit of drugs might be the thing that causes them to overdose. Yeah. And, And because you had your camera out, because you were like, Oh, this is so cool. Let me let me record this. Um mm. could be the one thing that stops somebody from hearing the gospel. Mm. Wow. Yes, not meant to be a notch in our belt. You know, to be a, salvations are it's it's it needs to be a thing of motivated by love. And and one of the things too is is it there's this cool thing the Lord said a long time ago. He said, you know, I live inside of you, son. And the minute you walk up to somebody and say hi and smile, I just began to touch them. And and I I want to release that. It, it just what that does is takes any amount of pressure, any amount of agenda, any amount of anything off. Just be led by the Holy Spirit. Just love people. Evangelism is loving people. This is a easy way. You go out on the street, you find a homeless guy, you buy a, a cup of coffee. And and by the way, the, when I say homeless guy, we need to come up with a more politically correct, like homeless, uh, home, home, homeless, challenged or what's that? No, no, they actually have a, a ridiculous term for it. I know it. It's no, called, no, no, no. Let, let me try to remember it. It's it's absolutely insane. What uh, what is it? Oh God. Um, that let me look it up. Keep going. It's 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 that's vanity. Domestically challenged. No, no, it's worse. It's worse. Keep going, guys. I'm gonna look it up. It's worth. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, because because we're we're separated, we don't realize that could be us. You know that that most people in in America are one or two paychecks away from being in a breadline. I mean, you don't own your house. Most people listening, the bank owns your house. You may you skip a couple payments. You 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 get a like an unexpected thing come up. I can't tell you. So that's a cool thing to do is you grab get a cup of coffee or get some food or something. Sit down with someone and say, hey, could you? I, I just really concerned like. I know this is this is just a challenging time in your life. What can you tell me your story? Tell me what's up. I mean, you'd be surprised. Like I've never had someone turn me away for one um, with that. And and while they're talking, it's like you're showing the, showing them that you care. And then what happens is is God will just break into that conversation. And you can just guarantee it. Like because again, you have someone who's there. It'll open up the window of their soul, and they'll they, it's like wow, somebody hears me. You know, all, there's a lot of stories out there that need to be heard. Yes. yes. And the coffee and donut isn't for you. It's for the person, okay? 
I just want to say, don't go sitting down next to a homeless person, sipping your coffee, eating your donut, asking for their story. Okay. That is, that is a very valid, important point right there, for sure. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, have you met, have you met Krispy Kreme? Hands go off the Krispy Kreme. <laughs> have, you, have, you, have you met this generation? No, it's have true. Have you met no, this I generation? Have. I have. It's true. No, totally. <laughs> so, so that's just a little disclaimer. You can have your coffee. You can have your donut, but make sure you bring another one for somebody else. You're ready? You ready for the term? Food impoverished. Oh, wow. Wow. What the hell is that? Yeah. Wow. Food impoverished. Wow. They won't seek deprivation because that's that's like third wall like malnutrition. So they can't use that term. So they came up with the unique term food impoverished. The first time I heard that, I was like, what? So wow. let me let me get this straight. I can't call somebody retarded anymore. I can't call them poor anymore. Oh. What you know. What is the sanitization all about? I I mean, I I was in an institution. I'll call them, I'll say I was crazy. <laughs> okay. I'm saying it. I was looney too. I was if mentally challenged. I didn't have a mental illness. I was out the freaking lunch. Okay? I didn't trust me. Okay? I didn't trust you understand what I'm saying? Do you follow me? I didn't trust me. So I was, I was insane, okay? Call it what it is. Call the kettle black. Mm, absolutely. I'm sorry. No, oh, no, don't be. No, because what that is, is that's the starting point. And that's th that hits the he nail on the head right there. If you don't have a, a, a clear, accurate understanding of the problem, how do you find the solution? Like, that's what the blurred lines are about. That's what... It's, it's how do you repent if it's just light and fluffy and you don't get the depth of you've hurt the heart of God on something like that. That's exactly it. Like the, that's my favorite thing in churches is the prophetic is like, Hey, only flatter people. God would only just flatter people. God will only just tell them what they want to hear. That's a bunch of BS. That is so not true. That is so not true because for me to become like Jesus that's from where I started from. That's a long road, man. A lot of correction needed. Lots of correction. Lots of change. Lots of stark reality. So my stream and your guys' stream may be different. I'm no longer in this stream, but I used to be in the apostolic prophetic stream, okay? And so paying money to go to a conference is like my dad used to flip out. He always lived beyond his means. And he always had to work three jobs because my mom didn't work. So he's stressed the Mac. And he, and he always bought generic. We used to make fun of him all the time. He buys ShopRite brand stuff. And my, the whole family was like, no way. And so there was a fight on for cereal, you know? Because guess what? We loved Cracker Jack. And we loved the, uh, the, the brand of cereal that had the prize inside. So I'm going to pay 75 bucks to go to a conference because I want the prize I want the prophetic word that's going to make me feel good. Right, right. Make me feel good. Make me feel good. I'll pay the $75 to go to the conference to get the, the pablum, to get, you know, uh, yeah. I'm a bird, feed me. 
I'm too lazy to study my Bible. I'm not a Berean. I'm the, the farthest thing from a Berean. I, I'm talking about Richie. Richie, do this. Go and let somebody else's revelation. And, and a buddy of mine, thank God, I won't mention his name, but he said, revelation share is information. That's it. Unless you get it by revelation yourself. It's information share. So all these people sit there and congratulate each other on the latest Revy, the heavy Revy, and they sit there, they drink their espressos and demi-tests, and they sit there and they charge 75 or 200 or whatever it is, and they don't call it a machine. Well, didn't somebody flip over some tables of money changers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you do that? So it's it's okay to sell T-shirts in the lobby, and and don't get me wrong, I, I have a T-shirt company, so I'm talking about myself. It's okay to sell T-shirts in the lobby of a church, is it? Really? Well, are you sure about that? Are you sure? Oh, Vinny, now you're not. You yo. Well, I'll be quiet. I'm going to get myself really in the thick weeds. Oh, it's great. No, we're we're just hitting it hard. That's the reality. It's like. That whole thing, that whole mindset, this man of God, and I do greatly appreciate this man of God. And I won't, I'll keep him anonymous. He looked at me one day, he was a speaker at a conference and he said, you know, Scott, I could sell oil to orphans all day long. And uh, <laughs> I just said, why do it? He goes, because it funds my overseas missions and all that stuff. Like that's just part of the machine. So I don't, I don't like fault him completely. I was, but I was kind of shocked. Like I, I respect you and I appreciate you. And here you're telling me that that's kind of like, you know, you're an oil salesman, you know, like, <laughs> but not even oil, like you're an information salesman. That's, that's truly, that's truly it. Be, we be much nicer than me. Yeah, no, I know. I call it merchandise. I call merchandising the anointing and I call it prostitution for hire. That's what I call it. Pimps, not pastors. <laughs> what? what did you say? Pimps, not pastors. Hey, this is pimp so and so. We'll just start calling them pimp. You know, that's pimp so and so. That's pimp so and so. There's pimp so and so. If it ain't easy though, man, but but it's but it is in that game. Hey, by the way, just gonna throw this out there. Not not knocking anybody, but you see what happened in Lakewood Church? <laughs> no place is safe anymore, people. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, it's we laugh because it's better than crying. Absolutely. You the movie "It's a Wonderful Life." That's that's Richie Richardson's life and Brilliant really Wanapa's life now. It is. Mm -hmm. You can't take my wonderful life. And it has nothing to do. I told you I drive a Chevrolet Sonic right now. That the bat, the bat, and it's a nice car, trust me, but the back back plate frame fell off. And I didn't even duct tape it. I got saved it. But you know what? Somebody gave it fixed it because God provides. I'm just not a handy dude. If I was with Scott or Aaron, these guys probably say, hey, let me do, you know, but there was a guy that was like an Aaron or Scott and they, they took care of it for him. So my, my point is, is that it's all in perspective. Unless you have God's eyes, unless you have the perspective of heaven, do not talk to me about your BS. I don't care about your opinion. I don't, I, this is a commentary show, so I'll give you my opinion on things. But I'll make it clear. If I'm telling you God told me, guess who told me? It's not Bugs Bunny. It's God himself, 
okay? <laughs> Adam and Eve walked with him in the cool of the garden. Why can't we? And if you're not doing it, that's on you, not on God. It's on you, not on God. You're not willing to pay the price. You're not willing to turn off the damn remote. I've said this point. I'm telling you right now, you're not willing to turn off the damn remote control. Put, I mean, turn your TV off first. Got to do that. You turn it off with the remote. Then put the remote down and start getting on your knees. You know, Billy Graham, everybody talks about Billy Graham. You know, and it's true. Um, he did wear a hole in his carpet where he prayed. Well, why don't, what about the, 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 the pastor that prayed for Billy Graham all those years? Nobody knows about him. So it's not about getting credit. It's not about getting famous. I mean, God's called myself, Scott and Aaron, to a huge platform. We don't want, we believe me, I know for sure, God don't want to come out of the wilderness. Aaron does it. I don't. I, you think I really, well, I enjoy this. I know I was destined to do it. So there's a confirmation in my heart. And people tell me I'm gifted for it, but that, but that doesn't mean anything. I could be gifted for it. If God ain't in it, I'm not, like most, unless you're pressed here, I'm not going, God. I'm not. See, and that's the key. You want to know the key? Don't leave your house. You know what happened to Lakewood? It's a shame, but it's a sign. Don't leave your house without his presence. Don't. Yeah. Yeah. Don't freaking dangerous out there. You can't. Yeah. Unless you activate your angels. Yeah, and I'm talking about angels. Watch look at the freaking Bible. They thought it was Peter's angel that walked in the room. So get over yourself. Don't tell me it's dead 2,000 years ago. It's alive today because I have seen angels, okay? And I know people have talked to them, and they're not crazy. It's real. But your faith institutionalized Harvard degree that sits on the wall and does nothing. You can't even wipe your ass with it anymore because it's worth the paper it's printed on because you can't get a job. There are two lives in Greenwich, Connecticut. Greenwich, Connecticut, Fairfield County, so it might not be the number one county, but at one time it was the number one county in the world. They have soup lights. Why? Because you know why? Intellects don't have the solution. Mm. They don't have the solution. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Aaron's <laughs> thinking, well, this is another show I can't invite my friends to listen <laughs> Scott, 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 you know how to bring things into perspective. (laughs) Yeah, that's good. That's good. And and Aaron, you know how to summarize really well. So we need some summary of all the the things out in the... (laughs) I don't think he's ready to summarize because he knows I'm about to hit it again from a different (laughs) end. He knows it. He's being quiet. He knows it. He knows I'm coming in again. I just, I just took a a, a, a coffee break, and literally, yeah, I can coffee break. Did you smell it so, first? Did you, did you? Smell it? I smelled it. I, lo- I, I. By the way, I love coffee. It's one of my. It's, it's. I, I just love coffee, man. It's awesome. So anyway, let's go back. Let's let's dial back a little because Scott, you said something very important. Now I know a lot of people are going to agree with me, but that's okay. So what if there's a dreamer out there in the, in the world? A dreamer says, you know what? Like Donald Trump's a disruptor. I'm going to disrupt the NFL. I'm going to get, this is a dreamer thing. It's just a me. This is a dreamer thing. I'm going to get my friends together who are wealthy like I am. By the way, it could be me. I don't know, but there's a mystery. So why don't, why don't, why don't we get 
me and my wealthy friends together. And why don't we buy or why don't we create a new NFL team? And why don't we be quiet about what we're going to do? And why don't we maybe not even have, well, you got to have two leaders, but why not have male and female dressed appropriate? Yeah. And why not, if they have a satanic halftime, you and the whole team get out? Talk about not kneeling. That's garbage. Not, 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 I mean, kneeling when you should be standing for the flag. I'm talking about yelling at the top of your lungs, we shall overcome, which and the Battle of the Illinois Republic. Why not have that play at stadium, at your stadium? Because it's your team. So why don't you have the Battle Hill of the Republic play and God bless America? And why don't you open a prayer because it's your stadium, because you have enough money to buy it? Why not? Because the church has been living a lie of poverty. I know I'm going yeah. back to a previous show. But how do you become wise as a serpent and gentle as the dove? How? Mm. You know when to strike. A serpent knows when to strike. But a dove is the lover of all. It coos. It has oil that cleans itself. It has one mate. It has one eye. Mm. So that's what you do. You have one eye for the Lord. You allow the oil of his presence to come into your life as a dove. You coo. Hoo-hoo-hoo. But man, you cross a serpent. You make a serpent afraid. Wisdom. Mm. Don't mess with the serpent. Don't mess with the cobra. You mess with the cobra. That's the last time you mess with it. You know, you pull a cobra by the tail, get it. Well, no, actually, that's the only way to get it. It, it you know, you should pull it by the tail. But, but my point is, is that you know, you, you just gotta people. I am passionate about Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Yeah. I'm passionate about the number one thing he enjoyed. And I think this shared on another show, but this is worth repeating. Basically, we have new listeners. Jesus told me, yeah, Jesus said, no, call me. He said, Vinny, he asked me a question. He said, you know what the number one thing I enjoyed when I walked this earth as a human? I said, what's that, Lord? He said, no, I'm asking you a question. He always does that to me. He'll, he'll make me answer. So, because I'll, I'll say, well, I, I, so I had to think about it. Because I'm a lazy American. I didn't want to think about it. So I, I thought about it. And I said, oh, eating. He goes, no, I really love to eat. I go, yeah, but you did it. You know, as soon as you came back, yay. He goes, no, I really. But there's one thing I really enjoyed more than anything else when I walked the face here. I said, what's that? He said, turning the tables on the enemy. So all you could accuse me of all day long, you want to. But all I'm doing, because he said to me, will you allow... Me, not me, but we will allow me, Jesus, to to go. We allow me to turn over the tables of the enemy through you. So, who owns those churches? Are the enemy? I don't. You know, you pastors that think we're trying to get your flock to go. First of all, that's where you're lost. I just caught you. Said, "Oh yeah, yeah, really? Your flock? Bullshit. Your flock." Never was. Never was your flock. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. Don't ever call it your flock. Well, not to mention, I don't really want, there's no, as we're moving into this time, it's about being doers of the word and not hearers only. So it's almost like we have to start over. Um, It doesn't matter if someone's been, you know, I've been walking with God for 40 years. Well, if you're a baby that's been, if you're in diapers and, you know, 40 years into this, you know, you, you're not 
I wouldn't call you an asset. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry but I don't, I don't mean to be mean. So some of these. You got half of that, right? What, what's that? You got half of that, right? <laughs> <laughs> the ass part, right? Got the ass part, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it's so, so just putting that out there to pastors, most. I, there was a, lot, a time in my life where I really, I know I'm called to preach and do things. And I was, I would sit and look at this guy and go, God, you know, put me in coach. Let me, let me, let me in, let me at him. It's like, I honestly, there's no, I'm at a point now where I have no zero jealousy for any of you pastors, zero desire for what you have. And I'm very concerned for the the state of what I see when I go to churches, mo- mostly that you don't have, I don't see a lot of doers of the word. I see just. Uh, just a bunch of sheep just sitting there going right up to the feeding trough. And um, so, yeah, don't worry about me wanting to take you. I don't want, uh, if that is your flock, I, I want to meet the people that are, that are Jesus's flock and just be help, help encourage them to, to do what they're called to do. So, right. We're not trying to sit all misinterpret, misconstrue, or put words in our mouths. What we want that church growers do is to do what this woman did at Norman Vincent Peale's church in Manhattan. I'll never forget this. And the interesting thing is, Trump was probably at this, and I didn't know it because that was his church. So they dedicated, uh, they opened a road in honor of Norman Vincent Peale. Those of you who don't know, Norman Vincent Peale was great, one of the most profound books that I ever read in my early Christian days, The Power of Positive Thinking. Great book. Yes, it's rose-colored glasses, but a great book. You know, I, where I was in Christ, it fed me. It was a great book. Okay. And so this is amazing. He was a 90, whatever, maybe even a hundred at the time, patriarch of the church. And he's there and they invite David Dinkins in. Okay. And Mayor Dinkins, okay. If you don't know the history of New York, I'm not going to tell you, but, um, you know, in the Bible, it says the left are evil and the right are righteous. Well, I'll let you guess what side Dinkins is on in Manhattan. So now Dinkins, goes to speak, and all of a sudden this woman, and she was probably a Messianic Jew, or, or if not, had Jewish blood in her, and that's not a put down, but she stands up, got a fur jacket on, a rock that must have been at least five carats, if not more, on her finger. You know, it's winter, so she has the fur hat on, all you PETA people love you. <laughs> so anyway, she has the animals on. She stands up and she goes, I am appalled. What the hell has happened to this church? I've been a member for X amount of years, and I am appalled that you have this, for lack of a better term, man standing behind a pulpit that should have men of God. And the whole place is silent. And she continues going. So here's Norman Vincent Peale, you know, walk it up with a cane, and he calmed her down and had her sit down. Because he worked the power of positive thinking. He didn't think negative about it. He didn't disrespect her. I forgot what he said. I forgot how he called her off the cliff. But she wasn't crazy. She was right. So I'm not trying to steal your flock. What I'm saying is, if you don't wake up, flock, wake up. And demand that the, the Captain Crunch stop being served with the prize in the bo- bottom of the box. 
How about recognizing that Jesus is the pearl of great price? And if you ain't talking about him and you ain't talking to people at the cooler at work about him, then stop going to church. You're wasting your mind, you're wasting your energy, and you're wasting your money. Because you ain't going to be blessed. You may be blessed temporarily, but we read about the wicked, what happens in the end with them. It's all over the Psalms. Read what happens. Now, I'm not calling you wicked, but I'm talking about the machine being wicked. So if you go into a wicked machine, that's fine. Mm -hmm. We have to do a part two, folks, because I got fire still on me, but but Mr. Sturdy, our our best man of the program, He's kind of reining us in. He's right. We went really long on this one. So um, to be continued, we're going to do wake up. I knew it was going to happen because the Lord was speaking to me about him in advance. So we're going to do wake up and smell the coffee part two, our first time that we've ever had to do a two-part uh, segment. But there might be more down the road. So I'm going to turn it over to uh, to Aaron to say parting words. And then um, I'll say a couple of parting words and then we'll end with Scott. And he could say what he wants and then Take us out in prayer since we didn't open the prayer. Okay, Scott. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to speak to these pastors as well. Um, we don't want your flock. We want you. Amen. We want you to wake up. We want you to see what's going on around you. We want you to make a difference. Amen. Because if you can make a difference in the people around you and you can make a difference in the people around them, I'm in Europe, Richie is in, in Asia, and, and, and Scott is in the mountains in, in Maine. <laughs> so we're not in the middle of taking anybody's anything. We're not even starting a church. We're not starting a religion. We're starting a movement of waking up. That's what, that's what we're starting, a movement of waking up and making a difference in, in other people's lives and taking the little bread and the little fish that we have and say, God, can you really feed all these people with this? Um, that's really who we are at Stand in the Gap. That's really our heart's desire is to figure out, hey, can you take this little that we have and do something great with it? And we all brought our little to God and say, here you go, God. Can you use this? You'll see amazing things happen. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, that's awesome, Aaron. What what a way to to kind of wrap things up and put a bow on it. See, the gifts that you pastors are looking for is not in a sermon. It's not in the hand that you shake across the aisle. Although they're important. Because you do study, and I, I don't put that down. But the gift you're looking for is inside your heart. There's a treasure hidden inside your heart that's knocking on the door and saying, let me out. How about turning over your congregation to the Holy Spirit? How about trusting him completely and risking a rough but honest message? Yeah, you might lose 90% of your, don't call me if you do. And no, I'm joking. But you, you might lose 90%. Guess what? All it takes is one. I'll prove it. Billy Graham's best. Billy Graham's intercess. All it takes is one. What's that woman's name that um, mentioned in the Bible? She spent like so many years just praying for the Lord, and then, then he 
I forget her name. You know, Anna. 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 Maybe she was mentioned. Why was she mentioned? So, so realize, Pastor, that you're in that office because of somebody's prayers. So just come on to those prayers and just trust the Holy Spirit. That's all we're telling you. We were rough, and I, I get it. So please forgive me for my crassness, but I'm really not going to apologize because if you think I was crass, go read what Paul said to people. Go read what Jesus said to people. In context, get the historical references of their language. The language is just as strong, if not stronger than mine. So I'm, I'm, I'm in good company. Am I saying apologies? No, I'm not. Don't do a soundbite. I'm not polar Jesus. I'm not a super apostle. I'm just Richie Rich, who used to be Vinnie Arico, that praised in tongues. So on to you, Scott Whittier. Yeah, it got brought up a couple times. One of my favorite stories was a... Um, there's these two teenagers, uh, they were going to a, there was a tent meeting and they were going, to, they were going into this tent meeting just to see what it was about. And as they're going in, they couldn't find a seat. And so they, they walk into the tent meeting and they're turning around, they're about to leave. And, uh, this usher grabs them and says, no, there's two seats right there and, and sat them down. And those two teenagers, one of the two teenagers was Billy Graham and he got saved that night. So the... Wow on that usher's account um that actually attended to that is is the same as the fruit billy graham had i mean if you think about it it's it's like it's and that whole thing it's like just again to be free of agenda to just be to be focused on somebody else other than yourself i know it's hard especially in america i mean that's really hard you know i got my i'm looking right now at my i self me phone that's what's happening around us if we don't watch out, our worlds are becoming so small and, and you just get outside of that world, you know, let God take you outside of that comfort zone, whatever that looks like. Uh, here's a fun one just to practice. I mean, this is just a freebie for anybody out there. You want to learn uh, practically how to hear the voice of God. You just start to listen. You start to ask him questions. You ask Holy Spirit, what are you, what are you saying right now? And, and I, you know, this was a fun one. Walk into a supermarket and ask for somebody's name. Just, or it, it, wherever you are, just ask, just God, give me someone's name. So I did this one day. I, I hear the name, you know, uh, Jennifer. So I walk up to this girl, excuse me, is your name Jennifer? No. Excuse me, is your name Jennifer? No. Excuse me, is your name Jennifer? Another girl looks at me, creep. And then, you know, excuse me, is your name Jennifer? I did it about 12 times and I'm walking out the door and the Lord says, I just love your faith, son. See, like, he didn't care. It wasn't about an outcome. It wasn't even about meeting a girl named Jennifer. It was about being obedient with what God gave me. And, and, and that's a, a really simple, non-offensive way. I mean, obviously a couple of people were offended, but if you do get the name Jennifer and you walk up to a girl and say, excuse me, excuse me, is your name Jennifer? And she says, yeah, you might want to keep rolling with it because God's speaking to you. And now that'll, that'll impact that person. That'll be the, the challenge for the week is just do that. Just do something along those lines where you step out of your comfort zone and say, God, just I avail myself to you because you're like, well, I'm not an evangelist. Well, it doesn't matter. It says in Proverbs, he who wins souls is wise. That's just a wise thing to do. And I guarantee you, if you get to lead someone to the Lord this week, you'll be hooked. You'll never want to stop because it's it, to me, it's one of the most like amazing things when you, when you think about you know, everybody could talk investments right now. The best investment you can make is in souls. That, that's all there is. The only thing of value in this world, everything else is going to burn. 
the biggest, the most biggest commodity, most valuable thing as far as eternity is concerned is souls. And so with that, I just, Father, I just thank you. We, we come before you right now. And we, we just, first of all, we just acknowledge your sovereignty over our lives, over the nations we live in, over the earth. The earth is your footstool. Everything belongs to you. The cattle on a thousand hills are yours. Everything is orchestrated by you. There's nothing that goes outside of your scope. There's nothing that you are not uh, in control of. People say, well, the world is, yeah, it's the, the devil stole the keys and the church is supposed to be operating the keys that you took back. And Lord, help us to really recognize the authority you've given us. Help us to one starfish at a time start to see change in this world. Father, we just ask right now that there would be an activation right now for soul winning. I ask that there would be an activation right now in hearts. Just a fire would start to hit people. Just the smelling salts. Lord, I'm praying for smelling salts to hit uh, the audience of, of this whole podcast. Lord, I'm asking you to draw people, Lord, from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west. Ask by your spirit, you begin to draw people. Lord, that there would just be, it's like a rock. I see it. It's on the hill. It's just, it's teetering on the hill. Father, I think that once that hill goes over the other side of that mountain, it's over. It's over. There's the momentum. Father, we're praying for momentum. We're praying that that all of a sudden it's like, hey, yeah, you don't have to agree with every opinion that's shared, but get your own opinion. Get your own opinion in the sense of get your own backbone. Get your own uh, place where you're you're speaking from. And uh, Lord, I, I thank you right now that you start to give people their voice back. Lord, I'm asking, Lord, again, all this, Lord, that let your fire just begin to break out over the airwaves, over all and just start to touch lives and start to activate things. Lord, we we just thank you in advance. We thank you in advance, Lord, for that you're awakening your people. We thank you that, that you don't, uh, you're not you're not just bringing up truth just to leave it there. You always have a solution. You are the solution. And I thank you that you're bringing the solution to this earth. God, we're, what this is, what this show really is a start of, it's just a start of, hey, get discontent. Get just a little discontent. It's not all good. That whole thing, that lullaby, it's all good. Just go with the flow, just passivity. We just come against all that right now. And I ask you would stir people up or that they would get mad, that they would get mad about injustice. They would get mad about the, the condition of things. And then the Lord, not, not unrighteous anger, just, and just a holy anger of like, I don't want, not, a, not on my watch. Enough is enough. Father, I'm asking that you would stir people today. Lord, send out angels right now. Lord, just to do your bidding to the heirs of salvation. And Father, and Lord, I ask you would warn, shake some people and warn some people that they're pretty close to eternity and they, they're not based on what they've done, Lord. They haven't even started their mandate. God, there's people that haven't even started the mandate you've given them. Lord, wake them up, wake them up, allow them to see the truth of that. That's not a good place to be. And Father, I thank you that you are ever just constantly merciful, full of chances, you give us more than, you know, just billions of chances, Lord. And so for those that have, that have feel like they've blown it, God, I ask for a, just a, give them a whole new, all new start, a fresh start. It's not how you start. It's not even how you run in the middle. It's how you finish. God, I pray right now that we would be finishers. Everybody on this podcast would, would catch something. And they were like, I'm finishing my race. I'm running my race. I'm, I'm, I'm picking up. I, yeah, I dropped the baton 20 miles back. Uh, Lord, I see the Lord just handing you another baton. You don't even have to go back the 20 miles to go get the baton. He's giving you a new one to run. So, Father, release batons, release torches right now. Lord, so that people would run. In Jesus' name, I thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, that's a wrap. Same time, 
Next week, Tuesday, 6 p.m. East Coast Standard Time. Same time, same bad station. We'll be back in the fight. Fight the good fight of faith with us. Stand in the gap. And remember this, the best with a capital B is yet to come.